0: just got back from New Orleans as well, uh, I've been starting to uh, restudy, I, I studied it before, but restudy the Tattva Sandarbha, and uh, I listened to a nice YouTube video by Banu uh, Swami giving a summary and then also Radhika Raman a much longer, six hour presentation on the Sandarbhas. that's on YouTube when he was speaking at um, Iskandar Silicon Valley in San Francisco uh, and both are such wonderful presentations and you know the thing, the, the, the essence of the Tattvat Sandarbha, of course it's, a, it's quite a philosophical treatise, although it's the shortest of the Sandarbhas. Um, There's six Sandarbhas altogether written by Jiva Goswami. I was reading this, thank you Nand, uh, Govind. Um, I was reading this because it was Jiva Goswami's appearance day and I was kind of in preparation for that. I, uh, the essence of it is he gives so many different arguments, and he's such a brilliant scholar. Uh, the essence of the Tafa Sandarbha is that the Bhagavatam is the pramana, the evidence, and the greatest of all literature. And he, of course, he goes through so many different arguments to to establish that, but um, and and to basically give the philosophical. Reasoning for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saying, you know, that it's the Amala Prana, the spotless Prana, and uh, uh, <clears throat> and really the source for Gaudiya Vaishnava is of Siddhanta. So when I when I heard that, it it gave a little extra. It helped me in my preparing for this class just to remember that of just how of all the Vedic literature, right. Um, uh, there's how many slokas in the Vedic literature? There's some? That description somewhere. It's a huge amount. Right? Uh, in the crores, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, this, this Bhagavatam, which is, you know, some say 14,400, 18,000, whatever, it's, it's a small work compared to the whole body. Yet it is the essence And it teaches the highest, Dharma, Projita, Kaitravata, Paramonir, Matsaranam, Satam. It presents, it is actually written for Paramahansas, for the greatest devotees to fully relish, but it it can purify anyone. Um, And it's uh, really meant for those people who are totally non-envious. They don't have any stake in the material world. They want to uh, be spiritual. So let's begin. Um, The... Om Agyana Timirandasya, Kyanan Shalakaya, Chakshuran Militamyena, Tasmai Shri Guruve Namaha. I was born in the darkness of ignorance, and my spiritual master has enlightened me with the torchlight of knowledge, therefore I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. The great sage Maitreya told Vidura, When the demigods were thus reassured by the supreme by the personality of Godhead, they were freed from all fears. And after offering their obeisances, they returned to their heavenly planets. Then the Lord, who is non-different from the uh, Sahasra-Sirsha incarnation, got on the back of Gruda, who carried him to the Madhuvan forest to see his servant, Druva. So what were the demigods, anyone remember, what were the demigods so afraid of? What were they? The universe was choked by the the austerities of a (laughs) five-year-old. Yes, exactly. Yes, so powerful uh, was his austerities. The form of the Lord, which was as brilliant, which was brilliant like lightning, and in which Dhruva Maharaj, in his mature yogic process, uh, was fully absorbed in meditation, all of a sudden disappeared. Kind of reminiscent of uh, in the first canto. Who did this happen to? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this, the next thing, didn't happen. Thus, Dhruva was perturbed, and his meditation broke. But as soon as he opened his eyes, he saw the Supreme Personality of God at personally present, just as he had been, uh, had been seeing the Lord in his heart. So that must have been quite an amazing experience. Right? You're meditating on Krishna in your heart. You open your eyes. There he is. <laughs> Prabhupada writes in the, about halfway through the purport, this Shama Sundara form of the Lord within the heart of a devotee is not imaginary. When a devotee becomes mature in his prosecution of devotional service, he sees face-to-face the same Shama Sundara he had thought of during the entire course of his devotional service. Since the Supreme Lord is absolute, the form within the heart of a devotee, the form in the temple, and the original form in Vaikuntha or Vrindavan Dham are all the same, they are non different from one another. So I thought this was just very kind of reassuring comment by Srila Prabhupada here, right? That, that uh, when we become mature, advanced devotees, so we've been meditating, say we've been meditating on Shishi, Radha, Madan Mohan um, in, in, here in this temple, and, and through the, as Prabhupada writes, through the court, meditating on them through the entire course of our devotional service. But then that form that we've been meditating on uh, can one day um, meet us face-to-face. Of course, we are face-to-face now. We don't always have the vision. We have some idea, yes, that is Krishna. That is Radharani. Um, But that same form um, in the temple, the original form in Vaikuntha and the form within our heart, they can uh, be realized as non-different from one another uh, as we make advancement in devotional service. So I thought, this is reassuring for us that um, uh, and the other thing about Krishna Consciousness is not a post-stated check that one day you'll realize God but rather realization of the Supreme is a spectrum from zero to absolute and there's uh, often described as nine different stages along that spectrum by Srila Rupa Goswami so um, it's not all or nothing it's it's we're somewhere along that process, and and we get realizations even if we're over here on the on the beginning of the process, uh, just like Rupa Goswami talks about in Nectar Devotion how um, there's happiness in Krishna consciousness. It's just discussed, uh, it's um, dis- it's experienced on different levels. In the sadhana stage, and which is when we are practicing Krishna consciousness, it's experienced as uh, greater happiness than material happiness. In the uh, more advanced stage of bhava bhakti, it's experienced as um, as being so great that the realizations of just self realization—that we're not this body, uh, that we're the soul, impersonal kind of understanding—it. it derives, it makes it look like, uh, you know, insignificant. What is it in prema? Sundarananda Visheshatma, isn't it? That uh, it's so amazing, the, the, the uh, experience of happiness in the prema stage, when one is fully in love with God, is that any thought of material activities can't even enter it. Sandrananda Visheshatma. But there's still happiness in the beginning stage. So, some thoughts on this? Yes, Madhig. Hare Krishna.
1: Hare Krishna. Hari. So, Prabhu, um, the nine stages you mentioned. So, it just occurred to me, and just it's what a stage? thought you mentioned? Yes, yeah, like,
0: the nine stages. Uh,
1: so, the uh, happiness is in different modes, right? So. Right from Bhajan Kriya, is it directly in, like, mode of goodness onwards? I mean, even when and Nivritti happens? Is it Mm. inferior mode than mode of... Is it all mode of goodness and above?
0: Well, okay, so... Okay, now you're bringing up all different kinds of things. Yeah, so, so you're right that Krishna talks about happiness in the three modes of material nature in the 18th chapter? Or is it 17th? 17th, yeah. Chapter of the Gita. So that is still not even what we've been discussing at all. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that's not even on any of these levels because what we've been talking about is spiritual happiness, right? So um, what is it? Happiness in the mode of, good, uh, mode of ignorance is just like misery all the time, right? The happiness in the mode of passion is nectar in the beginning and poison in the end. And happiness in the mode of goodness is poison in the beginning and nectar in the end, meaning... Uh, and I think we've all had that experience that um, if we practice some self-control, if we, you know, um, whether it's in our eating or in our speech or whatever, we feel some satisfaction afterwards that we didn't just give in to our lower nature. We didn't, you know, we actually uh, take, took care of our health or were kind to other people instead of, you know, we might wanted to say something nasty but we stopped ourselves, and we said you know when someone cut us off in traffic instead of you know honking the horn we thought that must be a guy driving his pregnant wife to the hospital right and thought positively about that person instead of negatively So, uh, so but that's still not on the spiritual platform although I think we can understand that 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 happiness we just said in the mode of goodness, is the kind of thing that's practiced by a devotee, right? We we uh, we delay or put off uh, prayas in exchange for shreyas, right? Prayas means short-term goals and shreyas means long-term goals, right? So we might really want to um, I don't know. Uh, eat something that isn't offered to Krishna because it really looks delicious, but we say, no, even though that would really be tasty, I'm not going to do that because my long-term goal is to become Krishna conscious. So I focus on prayer. So that, that mode of goodness can certainly be uh, dovetailed in Krishna consciousness. Um, but those three happinesses are, in the modes of material nature, are different than, than the happinesses that Rupa Goswami uh, is ascribing in the early... Um, parts of bhakti rasa sindhu where he's, he's categorizing uh, um, sadhana, bhava, and prema, these three different stages of bhakti. And even sadhana has two um, branches, uh, vaidi and raganuga. Yeah.
1: So the happiness you mentioned earlier, Sandaradhan, Visheshatma, uh, Yeah, that's the, like crazy that happiness. That stage actually is... Uh, Every advanced stage. Yeah. Yes,
0: that's prema. Yeah, that's like the most advanced stage. <laughs> yes. Yes. So in, uh, the, nine in the nine stages, Adho, Shadha, Tata, Sadhu Sangha, that Rupa Goswami explains, so any, um, I guess the first seven are sadhana, then the eighth is, uh, is bhava, and then the ninth is prema. So, very, so sadhana stage can be very exalted. Is that right? Is that your understanding? Yeah. Good morning. What a beautiful day. (laughs) Any other questions or comments? Yeah, yes. Uh, It
2: it also looks like uh, in the process of bhakti the reciprocation is almost immediate. But in the other process is like the practitioner has to wait for the successful completion of that process for getting some reciprocation or benefit of that process. But bhakti is like almost like even as you were explaining it's like a continuum and even though I might be at the beginning stage, but even in that stage there is some reciprocation that's coming from the Lord (laughs) uh, when practicing bhakti.
0: Yes, Krishna understands the mindset and the nature of a very neophyte devotee. He doesn't only relate to the great, great devotees. He relates to uh, all of us. And it's interesting you say that because, yes, he may give some immediate reciprocation, right? Spiritually. Materially, sometimes there's more of a delay than in worshipping the demigods. Right? In the fourth chapter, it talks about how one very quickly can uh, get things from them. He goes, of Krishna, if he wants to, he can. But materially, he often extracts some purification as he's doing that. Um, but yes, spiritually. And I think we all maybe had some experience of that when we first came in touch with the actual teachings of Krishna consciousness. Uh, that initial, it's almost like, uh, what is it when you, um, I just had this experience with Verizon, right? That I had a very good plan uh, at my home for internet and all that. And then uh, the next, you know, I think it was like $80. And then all of a sudden I see my bill, 160 So I call them up. I say, what's that? You know, they said, oh, well, the, the $80 is an introductory offer for two years. And then after that, you know, you have to either re-up for another two years or you have to pay the, this more. So Krishna does that a little bit. He gives some introductory offer, gives us a little taste uh, uh, for... Krishna consciousness, and we feel that initial bliss. And then he says, okay, now if you really want me, you have to do a little bit of the bhajana kriya. Right? Kriya can sometimes even be translated as work, not in a bad way, but the work of bhajan, the work of worship, you know, to, to do that, and do that vaidi, do that sadhana, of getting up in the morning early and, and, and going to bed early and, and things like that. Um, but it does sometimes give us that, in, I can remember... Um, like the first time I was going to college in Ann, Ar- in Ann Arbor, and I drove to the temple in Detroit. And I had such a wonderful time there, uh, driving back, which is about an hour and a half, if I remember, to um, Ann Arbor. I was just singing Hare Krishna at the top of my lungs, you know, people driving by, and they were like... <laughs> <laughs> I must thought I was pretty strange, but I would just remember experiencing so much... Uh, Happiness, because one thing that's happening is just like you know, you, the, the some of the sinful reactions are just flying away like birds, when you when you you know clap your hand and the birds fly away. So some of that is also just getting purified of some sinful reactions. TK. All right, next verse. Okay. When Juvmar saw the Lord just in front of him, he was greatly agitated. Now, in this case, agitated is a positive description, and offered him obeisances and respect. He fell flat before him like a rod. What's that called? And became absorbed in love of Godhead. Dhruva Maharaj in ecstasy looked upon the Lord as if he were drinking the Lord with his eyes, kissing the lotus feet of the Lord with his mouth, and embracing the Lord with his arms. Oh, and and to your point that uh, Krishna, we see that in this chapter, Krishna reciprocated so much with Dhruva, even though he didn't have exclusively pure desires. Yeah, so, that, 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 you're right, that reciprocation was very quick. He, was saying, he says that. He says, it takes yogis like thousands, you know, can take ten, you know, thousands of years. And I, I did austerities for six months and I'm getting your direct darshan. It seems like it's almost unfair. You know? <laughs> he was uh, amazed. Although Dhruva Maharaj was a small boy, he wanted to offer prayers to the Supreme Personality of God in suitable language. This is a very significant uh, verse. But because he was inexperienced, he could not adjust himself immediately. The supreme personality of God being situated in everyone's heart could understand Dhruva Maharaj's awkward position. Out of his causeless mercy, he touched his conch shell to the forehead of Dhruva Maharaj, who stood before him with folded hands. Mm. So you can imagine, right? He wants, he's five years old. He wants to glorify the Lord. But he's, you know, he hasn't uh, um, studied at Oxford or, or even been in first grade. But he wants to so Krishna reciprocates. And Prabhupada writes that it is therefore understood that when a devotee writes or speaks about the Supreme Personality of Godhead, his words are dictated by the Lord from within. So, Srila Prabhupada said this about himself, that he said that when he writes his books, he's... Uh, He's, we could say in modern terms, channeling, you know, but being empowered by, uh, he said, by Rupa Goswami and by his uh, Guru Maharaj and by Krishna. And I think we also personally experience this when um, we talk to someone about Krishna. And if we've studied some of Srila Prabhupada's books, then sometimes we'll say things that we're even surprised we could say those things. It's like, wow, where did that come from? And so... uh, Uh, as uh, Vala Bhavata said that uh, Krishna shakti vina nahitara parvartana That one is empowered by Krishna shakti um, To teach others about Krishna. So that is uh, the Lord from uh, dictating with from within And then he says a little further this transcendental inspiration is called Brahma Maya because when one is thus inspired The sound he produces exactly corresponds to the sound vibration of the Vedas. This is not the ordinary sound vibration of this material world. Therefore, the sound vibration of the Hare Krishna mantra, although presented in the ordinary alphabet, should not be taken as mundane or material. So, um, this is important, right? The, the, The Vedas are held in such high esteem but when someone is repeating you know, the, word, the teachings of the bona fide spiritual master and Krishna's teachings in Bhagavad Gita, that sound corresponds with the sound vibrations of the Vedas. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in line. And this is the uh, idea of the paramparas system that Krishna mentions in the fourth chapter of the Gita. That we may not exactly repeat the words of our guru, who's exactly repeating the words of his guru, but the essence is is being transferred and not being adulterated. Not being watered down. So this idea also of transcendental sound is... Uh, it should be understood. Right? Because we could say, right there you see, at least in transliterated, is the Maha Mantra. And you see there's the letter H and the letter A and the letter R and the letter E. Right? And those same letters can be used to talk about the redskins or whatever, right? Right? You know? Um, So, but... The Maha Mantra, Abhinatvam Nama Namino, it is the name Krishna and the possessor of the name are the same. And in addition, one thing that's also important is the... um, Intention of the speaker. So, when we, it's just like, it's just like, how many of you have been to Lloy Bazaar in India? Okay, so Lloy Bazaar is in Brindavan. It's the place where you buy all your kurtas and dhotis and uh, and um, shingar for the deities and Mukut makutwalas and everything. It's 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 a crowded little street, but they they probably sell millions and millions and millions of dollars of equipment because they they supply all of ISKCON around the world. Um, So, when you're walking by, the the store owner is going, Hare Krishna, come on, come, Hare Krishna, come, come, right? So, they're also chanting Hare Krishna, (laughs) right? But their intention is, come, bring me money, please, come, 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 Hare Krishna, (laughs) right? So, there's some benefit, they're saying Hare Krishna, and they're bridge basis. But that's different than a devotee who's intently chanting Krishna's name and begging to be reestablished as Krishna's eternal servant. They're also saying Hare Krishna. So the intention is also, um, is also very important. So here we see Dhruva Maharaj had the right intention. He wanted to glorify Krishna. He didn't, nothing for himself, he didn't want to become a big scholar or you know, do bah, uh, Bhagavad Saptahas and get lots of money or anything. He just wanted to glorify the Lord and Krishna empowered him to do so. So, so sound vibration can be mundane and it can be spiritual, depending on both the uh, subject matter and the intention, the spirit of what one's saying. Some thoughts on this? Questions, comments? Jeeva?
3: Hare Krishna. Thank you, Prabhu. Very nice realizations you shared. Uh, when I was reading this, uh, this verse and the previous verse, I was thinking of similar instance that happened when the Chaturkumaras, they were trying to enter Vakunta and Padman- Padmanabh Vishnu, he appears. You when know, after the gatekeepers tried, Jai Vijay tried to stop them and then they cursed the gatekeepers. And mm-hmm. then when they saw Padmanabh Vishnu, they forgot everything. <laughs> they were similarly like, const- you know, they were literally embracing the Lord and they were like, you know, right. appearing like small children, just five year olds, even though they were much aged and much mature. They were not singing glories and all those things. They were completely absorbed because they were attracted by the beauty of the Lord. Mm. And it's amazing how Lord, just by his appearance, he saw so many multiple scenarios in one action. You know, it's just, he appears and everyone is immediately attracted. The all-attractive Krishna mm. just steals away our minds and our thoughts and everything and just purifies us. I was just thinking how they were and similarly Maharaj when he saw he forgot about all his aspirations and all the things that he wanted. He just you know fell dandwat like a rod you know yeah. flat on and the ground. Find
0: out, not only did he forget yes. about him he was embarrassed by them.
3: Yes. Right. We, we hear that and that's where the conch purifies him of the remaining yeah. impurity that was there. So it's amazing. And Lord still gets his way because he wanted to purify Dhruva and similarly he wanted to stop the Chaturkumaras from entering the spiritual world back when the Chaturkumaras were entering, yet at the same time, satisfy Goddess Lakshmi by sending the two gatekeepers into the material world as three lives of demon. yet at the same time, satisfy the gatekeepers. Like so many multifarious angles, he was just... There's a lot
0: going on, yes. yes Krishna does with something.
3: single action, he could do that. Thank Pretty you. Warm. So you were mentioning about
2: uh, how when a speaker is in line with the essence of the Vedas like that experience is so profound mm-hmm. and there is also that satisfaction that comes automatically to the heart because the the intent of the reading or the speaking was just to glorify the supreme lord and even in just in the association of devotees when we are reading and discussing it just brings so much that's the real satisfaction to the heart yeah. because the Supreme Lord is properly glorified in that reading and discussion.
0: Yes, and Krishna says that. Krishna predicts that that will be the experience. prana, So he says that when my devotees come together, they experience tushta, satisfaction, and ramanti, pleasure. Um, so... It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if you, think, if you go to the, you know, the average person in Washington, D.C. or something and you say, you know, what would bring you happiness? And they might mention some hobby that they do or going uh, boating on the Potomac or, or going to a play at uh, the Kennedy Center or anything like that. But they probably, not too many would say, oh, no, I'll just want to hear and chant about God. And that'll give me real pleasure. It's, like, it's usually not on people's bucket list. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but, and so we're saying, you know, that, we're not saying, Krishna's saying, that to ramanticha, that you'll actually feel great satisfaction and happiness just hearing Krishna's pastimes, chanting his glories, associating with his devotees, taking his prasadam, all these things will bring, you, bring one real happiness. Um, and the, the, the trick is that you, you can talk about the theory all you want, but the, uh, the, the, the proof is in the pudding, as they say, right? You actually have to try it. Um, so we say that Krishna consciousness is a science, but it's an interesting science because the science is not done with test tubes out there. The, sci- the, the, um, the subject of the experiment is ourself. <laughs> and, and he promises that if you do this, this will be the result. Any other thoughts? Okay, next verse. After that, Dhruva Maharaj became... Wait, am I in the right one? At that time, Dhruva Maharaj became perfectly aware of the Vedic conclusions by the conch shell touching him and understood the absolute truth and his relationship uh, with all living entities in accordance with the line of devotional service to the Supreme Lord, whose fame is widespread. Dhruva, who in the future would receive a planet which would never be annihilated, even during the time of dissolution, offered his deliberate and conclusive prayers. So now he's been empowered by the Lord. He can offer these prayers. And, yeah. And he got a big, you know, we might ask Krishna for a new car or, you know, Mm -hmm. reduce our mortgage or this or that. But most of us aren't, like, getting a planet. (laughs) (laughs) That's Vishnu's planet. Yeah, yeah, especially that planet. Dhruva said, My dear Lord, you are all-powerful. After entering within me, you have enlivened all my sleeping senses, my hands, legs, ears, touch sensation, life force, and especially my power of speech. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto you. And Prabhupada writes in the purport in the first paragraph that unless one comes to the spiritual platform, his bodily limbs, mind, and other facilities within the body are understood to be sleeping, Unless one is spiritually situated, all his activities are taken as a dead man's activities or ghostly activities. Uh, and then a little later, probably he says that Drupal uh, was aware that for a very long time he was practically sleeping. Um, so, well, a few things here. First of all, have you ever had this experience? That... <coughs> You uh, have been kind of neglectful of something, uh, but then you actually really focus on it and, uh, and do it properly, and then you think, oh, God, I wasted so much time, I should have been doing this all along, mm-hmm. and especially in spiritual life, right? If one, uh, one thinks that, oh, I've been kind of just, you know, on cruise control, <laughs> Spiritually, but now I'm really. I, I just took this time. I took an hour to really read the Bhagavad Gita carefully, or really chant Hare Krishna carefully, or really come before the deities and pray to them, and feel, And I feel some reciprocation. I think, God, I've been spacing out all this time. I, you know, we lament that we um, we're in as as we just read kind of a sleeping state. So, so th- this is an example of the shastra looking at. It was similar to what we just said a few minutes ago, looking at a situation very differently than most people in the world see things, right? So a person might say, you know, yeah, well, uh, so what did, what did you do this weekend? Well, okay, I, I watched the Redskins game, and, uh, and you know, um, I'm a University of Texas fan, and they beat TCU yesterday, and then I, you know, cleaned out my garage, and I did all this, and had a great, went out to dinner last night, and, and from from what what it says here, unless one is spiritually situated, all his activities are taken as a dead man 's activities or ghostly activities, and it's it's understood to be sleeping, so sleeping in the sense that not awake to the spiritual reality right The, the Shastra is telling us it 's a whole nother whole another reality that's totally um, different and totally enlivening and totally wonderful and totally full of bliss that we're all kind of just, you know, uh, unconscious of, right? That the, that the, that, I mean, how, how do we go around, do we go through our day-to-day activities remembering that God is in everyone's heart, Right? And do we see a tree and see that it's not just a tree, it was created by Krishna, Krishna's so kind to give trees that, create, that produce fruits and shade in the summer, and also that there's a soul inside that tree, that's actually the reason the tree is alive, is the soul's presence. Right? And, and, and so many things that the Shastra gives us, a whole different set of glasses uh, to see the world in. So here's one of them, that uh, from a spiritual point of view... If one's just doing mundane activities, it's like they're sleeping. They're not awakened to the spiritual reality. And we forget that the the material reality that we're in is temporary. It's not really a reality. I'm trying to think of a, an example. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe I once had this experience... Uh, Many years ago, my mother bought a uh, 1970 uh, new <laughs> Chevrolet Impala, 400 cubic inch V8 engine. didn't matter because gas only cost 29 cents in those days. So, um, so then 1976, I became interested in Krishna consciousness. And she actually gave me that car afterwards as when I was a devotee and I used it for a few years and and also I used that car before I was a devotee to you know drive around New York and all these things right and the car was very important right it was a, when I was a kid especially when I was a teenager driving that car was a very important thing and even when she donated it to me as a devotee I was using it in Christian service and then one day the car just like you know like 19 I think like 12 years old 1982 and I remember taking it to the The junkyard, and they just, you know, they crushed it, right? And so, cut them, right? No, I have some, I have some memories, but that car is gone, right? So what? So our body, like, so I just turned 60. So let's say, what is the uh, the uh, average uh, age uh, lifespan of an American male? I think it's 78 years old. Yeah, close to 80. Yeah, okay. So let's say I, uh, I do better than the average. Let's say I live till 85. Okay, so 25 more years, right? But then after that, it's just like a to- you know, just like that Chevrolet is gone. This is gone, you know? Um, being from New York is gone. Uh, even being married to my wife is gone or having a son is gone. And, uh, you know, being uh, in, to- in my field and working for the government or whatever or previously living, it's all... It's, all, it's only 25 years. Kattam Hogya, right? It's finished, right? So, and we have a whole another reality. So this thing that we take as such a reality. It's, it's real. The, the, the Vaishnava philosophy is that this world is real. This really is a Mirdanga. It's just that it's temporary, right? And so Krishna is trying to give us through the Bhagavatam and through the Bhagavad Gita and through the teachings of the Acharyas, uh, something to grasp a hold of that's actually grasp a holdability. <laughs> that makes any sense. Instead of holding on to that Chevrolet Impala, that just, right? Uh, or the example the Shastra gives is trying to, you're, you're in the middle of the ocean and you're trying to swim to the shore and you hold on to the tail of a dog <laughs> who's swimming, right? It's not going to get you very far, <laughs> right? But the spiritual reality is that we're, we're eternal, we're a soul and we wait and we and so the, the and that's the reality that's the reality right right just like you know we may think you know like you know we have to pay our taxes that's quite a reality in america right um and and uh, so that, that that's we consider that very real kind of thing or or whatever or our job is very serious and those things are you know important but the Bhagavatam is trying to wake us up to a totally different reality that that, that is actually real we're actually a soul. We're actually not this body. We've actually had so many different bodies in the past, and our activities in this life will will create what will be our next reality. And then we get put into another reality. Or if we become spiritual, uh, spiritual consciousness, then we know. You know, punar janma naiti. Krishna says in the fourth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Punar means again, right? Janma. We know what that means. And 19 means no, no more birth and death, no more sangsara, um, back to the eternal spiritual world. And then our, if our relationships are spiritual, like you know, with our family, with our family members, our children, if they're devotees and if our spouse is a devotee, there may be that those relationships may continue. Right? Yeah, Srila Prabhupada once uh, said that they will be an ISKCON in the spiritual world. And uh, he joked about, uh, there was one gentleman named Mr. Nair who was really giving the devotees a hard time when they were buying the property in Juhu in uh, north of Bombay, north part of Bombay. And he said, everyone will go back to God except Mr. Nair. (laughs) Uh, But, so... There's nothing greater that we can do than to wake up to this, to get out of our sleeping state, to wake up to our spiritual reality, to help our family members wake up to that spiritual reality and help others wake up to that spiritual reality. Um, just like we have a little, you know how, uh, you know, like Nike has, just do it, right? So uh, in this kind, we've come up with uh, saying more devotees, happier devotees. So more devotees means sharing Krishna consciousness with others, and happier means people, the, the people that are devotees, helping them become more spiritually uh, advanced. So, in that sense, we are sleeping. So, in one, another place, Prabhupada talks about night and daydreaming. Right? In the, in the night, you have a dream. Anyone have a dream last night? You can't remember. I had a wild one, but uh, yeah. Um, but in the so we're dreaming during the during the night and then we wake up. I remember this one. I was I was really happy that I woke up, right? Because I was somehow get, got involved with some gundas and some dacoits and, in India, and and they they said that if I didn't like help them out, they would rub out my family or something like that. So when I woke up, I was like, oh, right. But the, the shastra also talks about daydreaming. When we're actually awake, like we are now, but we're only thinking about. Not that, of course, we're not talking about being irresponsible in this world. We're not talking about not paying your mortgage, or not paying your taxes, or not going to work. But if that's the only reality that we're focused on, then we're also sleeping in the daytime. So, night, day, and night dreaming. So, we want to wake up. And that's uh, one of the purposes, one of the things that's said in this. Verse, and then at the end, then Prabhupada says, "When a person places himself at the disposal or order of the Supreme Lord, that is called Sevan Mukha. At that time, the spiritual energy gradually reveals the Lord to him." So, any thoughts, questions, comments on this point?
2: It reminds me of the verse in Bhagavad Gita where Krishna says, "What is daytime for?" Spiritualist yes. is night time for materialists and vice versa. So basically, we have to wake up to the spiritual reality.
0: Yes. So one of our challenges, if I look around the room uh, here, is that most of us have, you know, jobs and our grihastas, and um, is to not fully, at least, forget Krishna as we're going through our day-to-day existence. Um, One trick to that is trying to wake up early and have some sadhana, have some practice of spiritual practices before going to work. And uh, I have a friend of mine who, um, he uses, um, he's the CEO of quite a, quite a a good, a very well-to-do small business. Let's say that. He's a devotee, initiated devotee. Um, And he, on his Microsoft Outlook, he has a thing that pops up saying, uh, Every fifteen minutes. <laughs> now, this a bit, maybe this is too much, but anyway, every fifteen minutes it says, "Say a prayer." <laughs> so he just takes like ten seconds. You know, Krishna, please engage me in your service. And then goes back to you know he's running a big a, a business with like a, it's a franchise, but he has about eighty franchises around America. So that's pretty keeps him busy. But he uh, he has that reminder <laughs> to himself. And there's other things we can do. We can listen to a bhajan or listen to a uh, katha or pravachan when we're driving, when we're commuting, or taking the metro. There's ways that we can find ways to be spiritual um, and remind ourselves of spiritual things as we're going through our day-to-day life. Like that. Other thoughts on this, Jiva? Oh, uh, Prabhu and Jiva. Yeah, go ahead. Oh.
4: This is like um, virtual reality. That Virtual reality? Yeah. That Which like one? The, the, the the what we're living in now? Living, basically, yeah. So we have one of
0: those things on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So
4: the, uh, when the Bhagavatam explains, the way that you explain is, um, everything is like real, but it's temporary, whatever yeah. we see and feel. Yeah. But the real thing is the spiritual world and then like all about our previous births and all that stuff. That is real life. So, um is it, is, it, is that particular thing will become? Uh, is it something by practice we should, we will get that experience or the
0: experience of what of
4: of the reality reality oh, like yeah. of the of the Lord and uh, other things? Or uh, is it something that we practice like every day? We practice like Krishna is there? He's the protector of us. Like we basically we increase our faith and trust in Him, and then we feel and we experience that in our real life. So, is that how the 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 transformation progress or is it something like uh, it depends upon our it? Like, can you speak a little more about that,
0: please? Well, the transformation takes place a lot by hearing, you know. Whatever we hear about, we think about, right? Like, so many people, uh, you know, in the past two years have been hearing so much about the president of the United States, right? And and, and it's just like headlines everywhere, right? Uh, and it's it's almost like, oh my God, right? Right, and so you know, um, uh, then it, naturally, if we hear the 24-hour news cycle and things like that, next time we meet someone, we'll probably the general thing is to talk about what we've been hearing about, right? So the idea is to try to divert ourselves a little bit away from Sriman Trump, Das Adhikari, uh, <laughs> to uh, to hear about Krishna. And then when then if as when we're filling our um, ears with Krishna-kata, uh, it affects our mind and our speech. Um, and so, it's advised to try to... Uh, and then also by getting the blessings of advanced devotees, things become easy. Just like here, Dhruva became... Had, he didn't become learned uh, uh, on his own. It was by Krishna's conscience So, in this, uh, for us, it's actually hard to do exactly what Dhruva did. But we have the opportunity that when we please and serve one of Krishna's devotees, um, that, that bless, the blessings of Krishna come in that way. So getting blessings and, uh, and being careful about what we listen to, what we hear, what we talk about. Um, and who we associate with. Right? There's a saying that, tell me who you uh, associate with, I'll tell you who you are. Right? So um, we should choose the, the, the function of the intelligence, one of the functions of the intelligence is choosing who we hang out with, as we say, you know, colloquially. Right? And even to some extent the kind of job we have, right? Just like I'm looking at Vishnu, he has a job with uh, the kind of people that are actually very good people. They're not necessarily all devotees or anything like that, but, but very um, idealistic and wanting to help the world, kind of just the nature of uh, the, the organization he works with, um, so that's helpful. That's better than working at uh, Burger King mm-hmm. or, or, you know, some place like that. Yes, Jiva.
3: Hare Krishna. Thank you again for wonderful realizations and sharing. Uh,
0: You're welcome. I'll send you the bill. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I'll pay you by the spiritual credit card. <laughs> so, being awake and being sleeping, I was thinking about it when I was reading this. It reminds me as when we used to be new, coming to the temple, and listening to kirtan, you know, listening to the classes, realizing that those were the time we were awake, and then we were sleeping any time we walked out of the <laughs> temple. <laughs> so, it's a good place to be if you Isn't want to place stay awake. To wake up? Yes. yes, to wake up. Yes. yes. There's that, that saying in
0: the Shastra, right? Tamasi ma, jyotir gama. Don't remain in the darkness. Go to the light. right? ma, jyotir gama. Yeah. Next verse. Unless there's another question somewhere. Comment. Oh, yes. Vishnu, give me the mic. No, it's uh, because there's a lot... Um, several hundred people listening. Yeah, so that's why we give you the mic. Not... Yes. To, not um, for karaoke reasons.
3: So, I think when when we chant or when we come and do service or when we associate with people, it's still external. Uh-huh. How do you actually truly transform internally? I, I hear you saying, okay, by listening, you will get transformed. By chanting, you will get transformed. By doing this, you will get transformed. But if we don't apply it, something within us... You can still be chanting, but...
0: Right. So those, those activities that you said, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, just going through the ropes, right? Just uh, unconsciously doing something, one gets some benefit. But the real benefit is uh, when we really have the intentionality. So what you have brought up is a very important Sanskrit word. It, it can be pronounced two different ways with a long and a short A. One is niyamagraha, and one is niyamagraha. So, one is uh, going through the spiritual practices, um, just like like a ritual, right? Like I I don't know, I just I go to the temple because it's you know my grandparents used to, my parents did, and you know whatever. Seems like a plus. There's a nice lunch. Right. <laughs> um, but not but going through the practices or just, you know, sometimes we're chanting on our beads and we're really thinking about something else. And we're just kinda like shnick shnick giddy giddy ray ray, giddy giddy ray ray, giddy giddy ray ray, Right, we're looking at our phone and right. Um, so that is there's a name for that also that is called Aparad. It's an offense because you know here's Krishna. He's given us his holy name, which is non-different from him. So it's just like if I was talking to you and I was like, you know, just turn my back on you, mm-hmm. right? Um, the other side of niyamagraha is so one side is doing the activities but with the wrong intention. The other one is just forgetting the activities. Mm-hmm. So we want to do neither of those. We want to do the activities, but in the right consciousness. So yes, so there is a quality that, as you're saying, comes from internally, right? That um, we can be, like, let's say whatever, let's say we're taking out the garbage after the Sunday feast, we could be doing it just like, oh, I'm taking out the garbage, right? Or we can be thinking, gosh, you know, I'm so fortunate, I've been allowed to do this service to Krishna, aren't I lucky, right? It's just like in the, um, in the temple in Vrindavan, in in Iskhan Temple in Vrindavan. So we have the deities of Krishna and Balaram in the center, okay? So Krishna is black marble and Balaram is white marble, the deities. And then the floor in the temple is black and white marble. I've told this story before, right? So one time, Srila Prabhupada was giving a lecture, and he was saying sometimes pujaris, you know, the people that offer, that dress the deities and everything, sometimes they can get very proud. I'm the personal servant of Krishna, right? And she, so Prabhupada was saying that whether you're serving Krishna and Balaram or you're washing the white and black marble on Krishna's floor, in Krishna's eyes it's the same. So one can be taking out the garbage or mopping the floor or whatever and be so, just totally absorbed in the intentionality. I'm doing this to please Krishna. This is Prabhupada's temple. I'm doing this to please the founder Acharya of ISKCON. And, get, and derive so much spiritual benefit, or when you just say, okay, anyway, there's no one else to do it, I might as well do it, right? You get some benefit from doing that, but, you know, Krishna says in the fourth chapter of the Gita, that he, he reciprocates according to our desire. So, yes, you're right. Uh, we, we should try to do things with uh, intentionality. Yeah. And that, that, that also even comes down to our day-to-day activities, right? We can come home from work and, you know, talk to our wife or our husband and just like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? You know, just meaningless talk. Or we could actually be concerned. How was your day? Oh, yes. You know, and really get involved in the conversation on a more meaningful level. Is that all right? Anything else? Okay. We're going slowly today, but that's all right. No problem. My Lord... This is Dhruva Maharaj continuing. Uh, You are the supreme one, but by your different energies, you appear differently in the spiritual and material worlds. You create the total energy of the material world by your external potency. So this is also Krishna's creation. And after creation, you enter within the material world as a super soul. He's in everyone's heart, including other species, not just humans. You are the supreme person and through the temporary modes of material nature you create varieties of manifestation just as fire entering into wood of different shapes burns brilliantly in different varieties. So there's different kinds of bodies just like anyone who's familiar with uh, wood there's different kinds of wood that burn better than others. Right? You have this experience. Um, In India... Uh, it's kind of unfortunate, but one it doesn't burn really well, but it burns very quickly as eucalyptus would, right? So eucalyptus is also creates a lot of uh, desert-like, it grows very quickly, so people make money on it, but it's terrible for the soil. So many places, especially in UP, where I, where I was living, um, soil is very bad because people are doing, you know, growing this, you know, and then chop anyway. My dear master, oh my master, Lord Brahma is fully surrendered unto you. In the beginning, you gave him knowledge and thus he could see and understand the entire universe just as a person awakes from sleep, there's that analogy again, and visualizes his immediate duties. You are the only shelter of all persons who desire liberation and you are the friend of all who are distressed. How, therefore, can a learned person who has perfect knowledge ever forget you? Sri the Prabhupada writes in the beginning of the purport, the Supreme Personality of Godhead cannot be forgotten even for a moment, by his surrendered devotees. So if we're not remembering Krishna every moment, we can understand that we're not fully surrendered. The devotee understands that the Lord's cause of mercy is beyond his estimation. He cannot know how much he is benefited by the grace of the Lord. And therefore, later on, Paul writes, a devotee therefore never forgets the benefit derived from the Lord. So, this again takes some hearing, right? Because we, 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 where does the air come from? Krishna says in the seventh chapter, Bhumir Apo Nalo Vayu Kangmano Budhir Evacha. He says, Earth, water, fire, air, ether, they're created by me. So we couldn't live without air, right? And we can't live without eating. And where does, you know, as uh, Srila Prabhupada famously said, you cannot eat nuts and bolts. (laughs) Food does not come from the Nabisco factory, right? Or even from uh, giants or Safeway, right? There's a lot of steps before it gets there. And ultimately, uh, almost, I think, any food we eat, either directly or indirectly, comes from the earth, because right, even if you eat animals, okay, they they're only alive and and grow enough to be killed and eaten because they eat something that's a product of the earth. So uh, Krishna creates the earth, and the earth is called in Sanskrit Sarva Kama Dukamahi, uh, fulfills all desires. Right. So therefore, we say Mother Bhumi or right, Mother Earth. It's so important because, you know, we can't live without earth. We can't live without fire. So these elements that Krishna creates, earth, water, can you live without water? Try it. It's really difficult. It's really impossible, right? You have to, yeah. So earth, water, fire, air, all these things. So so even for just keeping this body together and what to speak of if we actually enter into a relationship with Krishna and feel his reciprocation, then um, we become conscious of the benefit that we derive from the Lord. Then you could say, "Well, what about all the suffering in the world? Isn't that all God's fault?" Right? Well, that's that's an important point to understand. In Krishna, the, the Bhagavad Gita is like a handbook, like a right, like when you get uh, what, what, what did I get recently? Well, when you get a car, right? I mean, actually, how many of you read manuals, or do you just okay three? Yeah, most of us don't. Most of us say. I can figure this out, right? Isn't it? <laughs> and then you, you know, like when you get a new computer, it's like, yeah, man, I know how to just turn it on and download uh, Chrome and, you know, you know whatever, <laughs> and off you go. Meanwhile, you often lose out on a lot of things by not reading the manuals, right, Henry? Yeah. Um, so the Bhagavad Gita is like a manual for this world. And Krishna explains. He says, you know, don't, uh, don't expect uh, a rose garden. He says, "Dukalaya masashvatam," right? Dukalaya. We know what alaya means, right? Like bojan alaya, right? So dukalaya, and he says, "Anityam asukam." What does sukha mean? What does asukha mean? <laughs> yes. So, so he's saying, you know, this is not the place to find real happiness. He, and and, it, and even so, even distress in this world can be an impetus. We had a, a very nice gentleman come here to the temple yesterday. And uh, he was, he was going, very, going through some real distress. His uh, wife and daughter moved out of the house. Um, so he was talking to uh, uh, my wife, and then my wife said, "Well you should come last tomorrow. You should come uh, last night, because last night we were ha- also having bhajans. on bhakti." You know? So he came. And you know he said, "Well, you know the, I was talking to him afterwards. He said, "Well, of course, the, the pain of what he's going through in his family life hasn't changed it's still there but he does but he's really feeling some shelter and he says you're going to see me a lot at this temple <laughs> mm-hmm. and, I said, and I, of course I wished him well and hope that things go away but um, this is so a devotee even when things don't go perfectly well they say okay Krishna this is due to you know I have so much karma from previous lives and I know you're probably minimizing the reaction that I should be getting. So thank you very much for that. And let me remember you and be grateful, even in good or bad. Just like a good business person, right? A really good businessman or businesswoman, uh, they make money when the market goes up and when the market goes down, right? Market goes down, and we—what do they call it? Selling short, right? And you, right? So a devotee is like like that expert business person. Right when, when things are happy, they say, oh, thank you, Krishna, you're so kind. You've, given, you've made it so easy for me to offer service to you. And when things go bad, you think, oh, Krishna, you're so kind. And in either situation, they make spiritual advancement. Some thoughts on this? And in the last part of that purport, um, Prabhupada writes that happiness derived from the touch of skin or sensuous happiness is present in the life of hogs and dogs. Such happiness is insignificant. If a devotee worships the Lord for such insignificant happiness, he must be considered devoid of all knowledge. So, again, remember we talked about spectrums? So it's good to come to the temple and to go to the deities and say, oh, please let my son or daughter get into an Ivy League school. And please let them ace the uh, SATs, you know. And uh, please let me get that promotion or that new job. That's called Sukritina in Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says in the seventh chapter of the Bhagavad Gita um, that four kinds of pious people, people with some sukriti approach him. People who are distressed, people who are desirous of wealth or some kind of material benediction, inquisitive people like that. so that is not bad, right? But we're going to see here in, in this um, uh, discussion about Dhruva Maharaj, it's, it's it's here. Up here, higher level, much higher level is, my dear Lord, how can I serve you? I don't put any conditions on my service. You know, I'll serve you if I get that job. You know, I'll, I'll donate to the temple if, you know, just like, right, we all know it's no secret in India Right, some businessmen make a deal with um, with Balaji and Tirupati. All the, time. All the time, right? Yes, you know, if I make 10 crore profit this year, you get one crore, and they do it. They actually, I've seen people. I've seen people um, who made huge amounts of money, thank Balaji. They'll they'll even um, charter a whole private plane, bring the whole family, and they will bring a crore of rupees, or you know, and into the hundi it goes. Right. So, okay, again, that's Sukriti now. But, but more advanced is, is real love, right? If you really love someone, you don't say, you don't go up to you know, your wife and I say, I really love you if you cook six meals a week for dinner and uh, you know, it has to be in ghee and it has to be spiced the way I like it, then I definitely will love you. you know, right? Right, so unalloyed love means not wanting anything for oneself, just wanting to serve. Just wanting to serve. So, so you, you see this point? It, there, it, it's, the Bhagavad Gita doesn't just talk about one level. The Bhagavad Gita talks about different levels. Right, so we don't make fun of someone necessarily who comes here and is praying to the deity for material things. Because it's much better than to pray to the deity, pray to God, then you just think, who needs God? Cello, right? I can do this because you know I'm really smart. I went to IIT. I'm really smart, you know. Um, but further advancement, and when it, then, if one really wants to seek happiness, real happiness is is in unalloyed love, unalloyed bhakti. Some thoughts on this. Okay, all right. Uh, next verse, verse 10. What, we're on 9? No, you read the verse
2: 9, but you read
0: the pop Oh, Did I? Yeah.
3: You went to the pulpit,
0: okay, yeah. Oops. All right, so should we read 9? Persons who worship you simply for the sense gratification of this bag of skin are certainly influenced by your loser energy. So they have some good some not so good, in spite of having you who are like a desire tree and are the cause of liberation from birth and death, foolish persons such as me desire benedictions from you for sense gratification, which is available even for those who live in a hellish condition. So the, you know, the obvious, the, one of the great examples of this is uh, Sanatana Goswami. There was a touchstone that anything he touched, it turned to gold. right? And uh, the the... The person, A person was told that if you go to Sanatana Goswami, he can give you the greatest thing. I, I won't go to the whole story, but anyway, the, the bottom line was that uh, the, the person said, oh, you have a touchstone. And he says, yeah, it's over there in the garbage. <laughs> so he's like running, let me get that touchstone. And he gets the touchstone and he thinks, wait a second now. If it's over there in the garbage, what is... what is what?" what is greater than this touchstone? So then he goes to Sanatana Goswami and Sanatana Goswami tells him about bhakti. Yeah. I personally, I'd like to have the touchstone and the bhakti, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just me. <laughs> right, we could build a new temple like that. Right? <laughs> if this was just this much weight in gold, we could build a whole temple. <laughs> I just need to use it for five minutes. <laughs> Okay, so the next verse, verse 10. My Lord, the transcendental bliss derived from meditating upon your lotus feet or hearing about your glories. So here, this is that transcendental bliss from pure devotees is so unlimited that it is far beyond the stage of Brahmananda, wherein one thinks himself merged in the impersonal Brahman as one with the Supreme. Since Brahmananda is also defeated by the transcendental bliss derived from devotional service, then what to speak of the temporary blissfulness of elevating oneself to the heavenly planets, which is ended by the separating sword of time. Although one may be elevated to the heavenly planets, he falls down in due course of time. So, again, so this verse is talking about different levels of happiness, right? Again, we kind of talked about the spiritual happiness, transcendental bliss, the bliss of self-realization, of impersonal happiness, the bliss of being elevated to a heavenly planet, which is still within the material world, and what isn't even mentioned is just like the bliss of you know your sports team winning the national championship, or you know you getting that 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 raise or whatever we consider happiness in the, this world, or you know unlimited samosas, right, or or whatever. Um, so so even being elevated to the heavenly planets is considered. It ends by the separating sword of time. And so Prabhupada compares that to going to the moon. He says, they are like the modern astronauts who go to the moon, but as soon as their fuel is used up, they are obliged to come back to this earth. As the modern astronauts who go to the moon or other heavenly planets by force of jet propulsion have to come down again after exhausting their fuel, so also do those who are elevated to the heavenly planets by force uh, of yagna or pious activities. So the uh, Bhagavad Gita says, sinye punye martya loka Right, so you, could, right? you can't just stay, the astronauts went to, how long do they stay on the moon? Was it a day or two? I don't remember. I was, I was 12 years old when it happened. Henry, do you remember? they very short. Yeah, they had to come back down. They yeah. couldn't stay. I guess the in the uh, space stations they stay longer. Yeah, one of them kept going around, and two of them went down and got out and walked around. Yeah. And then the space station has stayed out longer, right? because that, that can get refueled sometimes. But the basic idea, you get the idea, right? Someone can go to a heavenly planet, but then when your when your pious activities, your karma is used up. Come on back. Yeah. So. It's you know who wants to be on that roller coaster, but going to Vaikunta or the spiritual world, there's no um, um, puna. Like we said earlier. Punar janma naiti. No more birth and death. Any thoughts? Okay, verse eleven. Dhruv Maraj continued. So he's now he's saying these prayers. His conch has been touched to his forehead by the Lord. And he's coming up with these beautiful prayers. Oh, unlimited Lord, kindly bless me. Remember, this is a five-year-old speaking. <laughs> that I may associate with great devotees who engage in your transcendental loving service constantly as the waves of a river constantly flow. Such transcendental devotees are completely situated in an uncontaminated stage of life. State of life. By the process of devotional service, I shall surely be able to cross the nescient ocean of material existence. Nescience means like ignorance. Which is filled with the waves of blazing fire-like dangers. It will be very easy for me, for I am becoming mad to hear about your transcendental qualities and pastimes, which are eternally existent. So in the beginning of the purport, the significant point in Dhruva Maharaj's statement is that he wanted the association of pure devotees. Transcendental devotional service cannot be complete and cannot be relishable without the association of devotees. We have therefore established the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Anyone who is trying to be aloof from this Krishna conscious society and yet engaged in Krishna consciousness is living in a great hallucination, for that is not, this is not possible. From this statement by Dhruva Maharaj, it is clear that unless one is associated with devotees, his devotional service does not mature. It does not become distinct from material activities. So let me ask you this. So we come here on Sundays or other times. So, what is your experience about coming to the temple or associating with devotees? How does that affect you? Anyone can answer besides Raghunanda. Anyone else too shy? Okay, actually,
4: it's a great fortune. That's what. Why? Um, What changes? Because. What happens? um, As I come, like um, I, I I feel only happiness here.
0: So you feel happiness.
4: Okay, that's good. I feel happiness, and I, I feel that like I am serving. Uh, in a very little extent to the Radha Madhan Mohan. So you do he, so
0: you happiness and you're serving the deities.
4: And, nice. deities. and then like he reciprocates, like he I feel like he likes me. <laughs> he likes you. Yeah and Krishna does like you. So um,
0: He loves you. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. and you know. what else are your experiences? Yes Guru.
5: It's like uh, your battery gets recharged. Your battery gets recharged. Yeah, like Uh I know at the end of the week, Friday, I'm feeling down and I'm looking forward to like a kirtan and just Uh recharging. So, recharging
0: your spiritual batteries. (laughs) That's a nice analogy. What else? You have opportunities to serve the devotees when you associate with them, yes. Someone else? Like to say? Their experiences? helps to bring the consciousness back to Krishna. Yes. So I was in a festival in Ukraine with about 6,000 devotees. Um, and, uh, wow. <laughs> it was really quite an experience. Um, I guess for me, let's see. So say, well, one thing is when I associate with devotees who are more advanced than me, which is almost everybody... Um, then I get some inspiration that I could become like that one day, right? Um, so that's there. And there were many, many devotees, of about ten sannyasis in uh, in the program. There are many prabhupada disciples, and uh, it was really quite amazing in Ukraine. Um, also, I know that I notice that I'm on my best behavior, right? <laughs> when I'm in the association of devotees, I, you know, I. Uh, yeah, that, and that's good, right? Fake it till you make it, right? So I, I'm forced to kind of like, you know, uh, be, you know, you choose my words carefully and choose my behavior carefully because I'm an association of
5: spiritually minded people.
0: Yes, Microphone.
5: Krishna Yes, it feels, uh, for me, um, listening to, you know, coming to the temple listening fills me, gives me peace within myself, uh-huh. and just relieves me of my stress, you know, listening sometimes and connecting with the devotees. Okay. And as Prabhuji mentioned before, like, you know, I think, and you mentioned very well that two words, I mean, two words, like how that self-realization, mm. and I want you to repeat on that, how exactly, because I know when we come to the temple, we do connect, like, you know, we get that peace, but once we get off the premises. I guess you know. We again get to that work, and then we again start off the same cycle, uh-huh. and I forget about it everything. So, S-
0: so the key is how to not let it uh, bring you down by Friday or whatever. <laughs> so you have stress in your life?
5: No, it just relieves yeah. us. And I think the mental, I guess, work and everything. Right. Uh, we so all you have are no stressing about life. thinking. Exactly. We are thinking about the work every time. You know, yeah. and then the life, the kids, everything, the activities, so those kind of activities. Yes. You know. yeah. It's always constant. You know, thinking. Uh huh. Good. Do you want to say something? You come here
0: often?
1: It makes me more determined. To more determined. determined. Yeah, looking at uh, advanced devotees, as you said, how to improve myself and my sadhana on a daily basis. Uh-huh.
0: Very nice. More determined. Yes. Yes. Right there.
1: you Prabhu everybody said wonderful points that's what we all really like to associate with when we step in, come to the temple um also we when we like he said to recharge our batteries in the sense that uh, you know determination enthusiasm opportunity to serve right. and also sometimes i mean we do run into a lot of very loving souls out here i mean yes anytime and i really look forward to coming and associating with devotees especially mm-hmm. in the temple premises and it's a total, like, well, I should not say total Maya-free zone. Maya is in... Maya-free zone. <laughs> That's a good I like <laughs> that. Probably we should minimum, put a sign outside. Minimum uh, effects. So, That's a
0: good one. Maya-free yeah. zone. So what can we do to... Uh, so you all said it's such a nice experience coming to the temple and associating devotees. What can we practically do to um, those, the other six days to try to extend that? That uh, experience throughout the week. Okay, Jiva?
3: Have deities, invite deities to our home?
0: Have deities at home, okay, yeah. Chant, chant Krishna's name. Read and hear Srimad Bhagavatam, yes. Hear recorded lectures, right? We we can find Prematurangani's lectures someplace and listen to them.
1: Always yes. eat
0: prashadam, and take for pras- yeah, offer prashadam. Yeah, and then um, yeah. So there's things we can do. Yes, I mean, I, I think there's like ten thousand lectures on iskandesiretree.com, is it dot info dot yeah dot com. I mean, it's like that'll, that'll keep you going for a while, right? <laughs> uh, first of all, you have about a thousand of Sheila Prabhupada's lectures, approximately. I think I may have heard them all at least once, but I you know, it's not like I remember them. You know, over, you know. That's over forty-three years of listening to them, um, and then there's also just so many of Gopal Krishnamurti and Ramana Swami and Radhanath Swami, and you know, even even this class we have hundred and twenty, I think something like that on SoundCloud, just of going from the, from the first day that we studied uh, the first verse up until now. There's over well over hundred uh, lectures. Um, and if you go to vihe.org, there's hundreds and hundreds of seminars there by Sachinanda and Swami and Burijan Prabhu and tamal Every so many people. So yes, listening to recorded lectures. The idea is that we don't want to just be, um... It's like the, the example, it's not exactly the example, but one example is if you ever um, seen like an a elephant take bath in India, right? So they, they they take their bath and they clean themselves and then often what they do afterwards is then they roll in the dirt afterwards or they throw the dirt over them, right? So we don't want to just like, you know, on Sunday take our bath and then we, we want to try to find a way, maybe not on the same level as coming to the temple on Sundays, but find a way to remain spiritually minded throughout the week. And Krishna will help us if we have that desire. Okay, what time is it? We still have time for another verse or two? Oh, Prabhupada writes that 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 association in devotional activities, like the ones you just mentioned, um, is like the waves of an incessant flowing river. And then he says, in our Krishna Conscious Society, we have full engagement 24 hours a day. Every moment of our time is always busily engaged in the service of the Lord. So, Srila Prabhupada was a perfect example of that. I mean, imagine what he did. Um, I was listening to uh, a lecture about uh, Jiva Goswami, because it was his uh, appearance day the other day. And so Radhika Raman Prabhu, that if maybe some of you know Radhika, he was a devotee who graduated from Oxford at a very young age, with a PhD. So he was saying how, I mentioned this last night also, that um, Jiva Goswami was not only a great scholar, but he was also a great manager. He was one of the first person in India to ever write a will. Right? Um, and he was also uh, a, very, a great sadhaka, a practitioner, Right? And so, and there was one other, I can't remember the fourth one. And, and Srila Prabhupada was, was like that also. You know, most people, if you're a great scholar, Radhika was saying this because he, he is a scholar himself and he's, a, he's the head of a religion department in, in Utah, University of Utah. Um, and, he, and so he said, you know, your average scholar is like an absent minded professor. And they're really good at scholarship, but they can't, like, manage their way. They, they, they can walk by their house and forget where they live, you know, because <laughs> they just, you know. Uh, so to, and then someone who's a very great scholar isn't necessarily a great personal sadhaka practitioner, or someone who's a manager isn't a great, you know. So someone who can do all those things is very rare, and Srila Prabhupada was that kind of person. And one of the things he did uh, is called avyakta kalatvam, that one who is really in love with Krishna doesn't waste a moment outside of Krishna's service. So that's a challenge for us, right? You know, to... uh, 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 Because many of you are familiar with Chanakya, Chanakya pundit. So he once said that um, you cannot buy back a minute of time for all the gold in the world. Right? It's true, right? You can't. So um, using our time we only have a certain amount of time in this body even though we're eternal in this body we only have a certain amount of time so how we use our time is very much related to what we think of ourselves and what we think of our life right how how we use our time if we waste it away then we don't we don't take ourselves so seriously right if we're very careful about how we use our time and and then if we connect it with using our time for spiritual practices right Then we take ourselves seriously as a person who wants to become a devotee of the Lord. So, so it's uh, one thing we can really—it's one thing to like sit here in this on this viasasan and talk. It's another thing of actually how we use our time. Right? There's a uh, there's an interesting app called Rescue Time, and it tells you how you use your time on the internet. Because you know, sometimes we th- and it, it's, it can be very surprising. You think, "Oh, I don't use the internet that much, or I don't space out on YouTube, or, or uh, you know, w- watching the news or whatever." And then then it te- then it tells you how much time you actually spent on YouTube that week. And this and you go, oh you know, I could have been doing something better. Of course, if you're watching a Prabhupada lecture on YouTube, that's another thing. But anyway, uh, here he says that. Um, and then he goes on to say that bhavad guna Kata, for anyone who incessantly, you know, persistently engages in hearing the topics of the Lord from Shrimad Bhagavad Gita, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Srimad Bhagavatam, and who is actually addicted to this process, just as one becomes addicted to intoxicants, it is very easy to cross the nescience of material existence. Right? So we know how, we, you know, we, we read today how difficult, especially in America, the opiod, opioid addiction is. Very, very difficult to break. And what to speak of alcoholism, right? Or smoke, smoking cigarettes has become less so in America. Um, but smoking BDs for some people in India is, right? <laughs> right? Very addictive, right? Or other kinds of addictions. They're very hard to break, and they really can subs- consume someone's life. So here, Prabhupada is telling us to become addicted to hearing about Krishna. So that's something we can, we can practice. So I think that's uh, time is up for today. I don't, I don't think. Time is up for today. <laughs> and uh, we will continue next week. And then the following week, I have to go to some meetings in New Jersey, uh, so we won't have a class. But next week, there is a class. We'll send out uh, the verses to study. And I hope to see you all next week. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Glory to Srila Prabhupada.